Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. There are thousands of amazing self-help books out there, but what happens when you're struggling at the moment and need help now? Well, my new book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook, is your new go-to self-help book. I wrote it specifically for when you don't know how to overcome a challenge. Each chapter gives you a framework on how to tackle your situation. I help you focus on what already works for you. Your situation today may be different, but the emotions you're currently feeling, you felt them before, and you did something that helped you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This book is specifically written to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Purchase your book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Once again, purchase Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. My guest today is Alex Schlinski, who is a founder of Prospecting on Demand. He's a heart surgery survivor and former UFC and Miami Dolphins media member. He has had a decades-long journey to building out a mastermind community for agency owners, coaches, and entrepreneurs alike to build a business that better facilitates their life. In today's episode, we talk about the power of intention and how to successfully create a life on your terms. Welcome to Lifeology. James, thank you so much for having me, man. Uh, I love that intro. It makes me sound so cool. You know, that's excellent. I feel like I should just take that as a snippet and just put it up anytime I go anywhere. Uh, if I go to the bakery and I'm going to order something, wait, hold on. You have to listen to this clip really fast. Here I am. Okay, now I will take the blueberry muffin. I love it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, our mutual friend Corey Poirier introduced us. So I'm really glad and looking forward to hearing more about the show. Now, you, uh, when I was reading a lot of stuff about your backstory, you had open heart surgery. What was that all about? Yeah. So uh, first off, I'm, I'm 31 years old now. Uh, I had surgery two years ago, October 15th. Pretty crazy how fast wow. time goes. Um, good to be alive. Thank God. Uh, very grateful for it. Um, when I was 18 years old, uh, after I graduated high school, um, I went to a normal checkup. And uh, during the checkup, the doctor was kind of leaving the stethoscope on longer than usual, um, which was pretty concerning, as you can imagine, 18. Yeah. He ended up telling me that uh, he's concerned about, you know, heart murmur that I had that was unfounded prior. Uh, later to find out after going to a cardiologist that I had a slightly enlarged heart and my valve, uh, my aortic valve um, was uh, incorrectly made. So I had a bicuspid aortic valve. Okay. Long mm -hmm. story short, just means instead of opening up like a peace sign, it opened mm -hmm. up in a semicircle. So it, you know, had to work extra hard to get blood out of the heart. Uh, I went to a doctor who told me surgery was 100% inevitable. Uh, basically, 99% of people who are born with this congenital heart defect have to have surgery, but normally the age of surgery is around 55 to 70. So mm -hmm. just live your life. Everything's good. Uh, hard to get that news at 18 um, and then just live your life. That's live your life. Yeah. Um, it's hard to do that. Uh, 10 years after that, um, I ended up uh, being told uh, by a doctor you know, when I was 29 that I would have to have the surgery. Uh, now, which was alarming considering I thought, you know, well, I thought it was like 30 years away. Um, but that's all about why we talk about the power of intention and, and why I think, you know, I accelerated uh, the path to having surgery. So yeah. I did have surgery October 15th, 2020. 
uh, terrible year, COVID plus uh, heart surgery, not great. Um, and to add it on, of course, because uh, life loves throwing curveballs at you. Uh, my wife was pregnant with our first child, uh, five mm-hmm. months pregnant when I had my surgery. Uh, my son oh, was born 117 days after my surgery. Um, it's, it's incredible. But, you know, it's amazing, James. It's, it's like I have two birthdays. My original birthday is September mm-hmm. 4th, but it, it just pales in comparison to October 15th. That's that's truly, you know, the day I was reborn. And when most people say they're like, oh, here we go. Religious conversation. Not at all. That's not what it is. It's just a feeling of waking of up after having that type of yes. surgery and seeing your pregnant wife and then having a child. Man, it's, it's something oh, that's wow. pretty, pretty, pretty special. Wow. Congratulations. I'm, I'm, Thank you. Yeah, congratulations on that. That's, that's wonderful. The person that I'm speaking with before the surgery and person afterwards, what's different and what's the same? Oh, man, so much has changed. So, you know, the, the, the reason why I talk about the power of intention is when I was 18 and found out that I was going to have to have surgery, I think uh, when you're that age and even, you know, up to even 30 years old, I think if you've never had any sort of uh, health scare, either in your family or for yourself, first of all, knock on wood, I'm super happy for you because that's a great thing. But it, it, it tends to be like um, that's an everyone else problem. Like someone dies in a car accident, mm-hmm. God forbid, and it's like that's Very that would never happen to me. Right. Someone gets cancer that that would never happen to me. Someone has heart surgery that would never happen to me. Um, so when you're 18 and, and you have this invincibility complex for a doctor to tell you, hey, now you have a cap on your life. There's a very strong likelihood you'll have open heart surgery, which no matter what type of surgery it is, you know, when someone says open heart surgery, there's you know immediate feelings that you have about that, no matter oh how severe it is or not. Um, you know, it, it's it's really like a, a life changing moment. So my thought process was now I need to really buy into working faster and harder than anyone else. So I became an ultra competitive person um, and ultra dedicated to creating legacy faster than I think most other people did. So I had, you know, tried to create opportunities financially for both businesses I ran, um, which was my marketing agency for personal injury attorneys, working with the UFC or the Miami Dolphins, which was kind of a more of a fulfillment thing than a money thing, and then ended up building my mentorship program, Prospecting On Demand. Um, but I was so bought into hustle culture. Like I love listening yeah. to David Goggins, like screaming at the top of his lungs while he's running or like Gary Vee telling him, telling you you have to have a side hustle, like selling vintage toys, even though I have a billion dollar company or Grant Cardone yelling 10X. I was so invested in that. Um, and yeah. I think what I, I ultimately realized once I found out 10 years after the fact that I was going to have this surgery, that me putting the engine into red all the time, right? Like hustling consistently over and over and really buying into that uh, actually accelerated my problems because it created a lot of anxiety, stress, mm. frustration. Okay. Uh, and I'm a very type A personality. I'm like a very aggressive personality. Like we watch a Miami Dolphins game and like I'm flying off the handle going crazy. I don't, I don't have any you know family in the games, but it's as if like <laughs> I'm right? the one playing. That's just the type of attitude <laughs> that I have about yeah. you know life in general. So when that happens, that's why I had to, that's why I accelerated my heart problem. So after I had my surgery, especially when my wife was pregnant, um, you know, when we're in the, when I'm in the operating room, before they wheel you in, they give you like a cocktail of drugs to get you calm. And then the surgeon walks up to you always before and he's like, are you ready to go? And obviously I'm not ready to go. You know, this is a life changing moment here. I'm nervous. Is this the last time I'm going to say goodbye to my parents, to my wife? Am I going to meet my son? Um, and the doctor said something to me that was really impactful. Um, very powerful. He, he said, Alex, I'm going to take care of you. I promise you will meet your son. And that was the last mm-hmm. thing that he said to me before he, they wheeled me in. Um, and then, you know, went to sleep and I remember waking up and just, you know, th- that was it, you know, it, it got through it. And 
And I think after that fact, you know, after going through that, I just didn't want to be the same person I was prior. And the truth is, James, it's easy to be like, I completely changed and I'm totally anti-hustle and I, and I really slowed down and I'm much more intentional. I think the reality is it's, it's not feasible to just have a, a light switch moment. No. It takes time. It didn't just happen over time. It's two years no. later. I still think I have a lot of work that I have to do on becoming more serene, tranquil, uh, having less anxiety. We moved to out of the you know busy city into the suburbs with more space to keep that kind of mantra. Uh, we focused on taking time off more consistently uh, to spend time with our child. Um, and, and I'm focused on like the why instead of just yeah. consistently the next thing. I, I feel like in entrepreneurship, especially people are always wanting more. You climb a mountain. As soon as you get to the peak of the mountain, you're like, well, there's a bigger mountain. You catch a fish and there's always a bigger fish to catch. And I think mm-hmm. it's a never ending um, hustle until you're burnt out all the way because you'll never find fulfillment. And so those are the things that have changed a lot about me. But in terms of those are my core beliefs, in terms of my core actions, it really takes a lot longer than two years to change. So anyone that's listening to this and wants to buy into the anti-hustle model because you're kind of tired of hearing people scream you're, that you're not doing enough, you're not working hard enough, my life is better than yours, compare yourself to other people, just yeah. know like it's not going to magically change in one day, one week, even if you have some cataclysmic life event like having heart surgery. And, and having an umbrella of forgiveness and giving yourself a little bit of grace as you move towards it track your progress. You know, I'm always trying to track my progress on, am I getting better? Am I getting one step closer? Um, because I, I have a natural tendency to be a wolf, James, that's who I am. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to go hunting and I want to hunt, but I don't really want to be a hunt, like hunting all the time. I, I want to be a lap dog sometimes. <laughs> I just want to be relaxed. Exactly. So that's what I'm working on. Those, those are the differences. Congratulations. That's, it's such an interesting juxtaposition between then versus now. And obviously we're, like you said, we're all on a journey to grow and continue to, to be the healthier version of oneself. We'll be right back. Are you an emerging persona or a global organization that isn't getting recognition from the press? Have your marketing and advertisement efforts hit a plateau? Let us help you take your brand to the next level. Red Heifer Media is a full-service boutique public relations agency specializing in health and wellness, tech, real estate, and nonprofit organizations. We can turn your successful company into a reputable brand. Take your first step and visit www.redheifermedia.com. Once again, visit www.redheifermedia.com to take your brand to the next level. Welcome back to Lifeology Radio. I am your host, James Miller. I'm currently speaking with Alex Schlinsky. We're talking about the power of intention and how to successfully create a life on your terms. For more information about Alex, please visit prospectingondemand.com. I always, you know, I'm sure you do this as well. I'm sure that's what you teach is to create the quality of life. And so for me, I had a really successful practice in the Washington, D.C. area psychology practice. And in 2015, I just gave it all up and I was like, I'm, I, I'm just tired of this. And so I gave it up um, and I started Lifeology. And so it, obviously it's done really well, but that was something I did for me, but I really wanted, but the prospect was creating what does quality of life mean? So I had a lot of quality up there, but it just was different. And so I just was able to regenerate that and create this life. What I was, what I was, my concept of that is just because I can make a whole bunch of money right now, if that's affecting my quality of life right now, and the other widgets in my life, then I'm not going to do it. So I, when I think about great quality of life now, but then I also conceptually create the quality of life in a year from now. And what does it look like when I'm with, with my, my spouse and our kids? What, what does that look like? You know, when I get older, what legacy does it look like? And so as I continually create the quality of life with the different metrics I have now, and then use that moving forward, the same template, and I know it's going to change, you know, of course, things I don't yet know, but things I do know, and I can use that template. I find that my life, just like I'm sure you do and what you teach, 
so much more fulfilled. I don't have that hustle. I'm not constantly up all night. I'm not, you know, talking to this reporter, that reporter, unless it's, unless it's appropriate for what the, the journey is Absolutely. that I have in the moment. Yeah. I, I see so often people uh, don't define their level of success, satisfaction, or happiness, and then they will allow someone else to determine that for them, whether it's like a, yeah. like a, a high level guru, like a Tony Robbins or Grant Cardone mm-hmm. or, or Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, and they'll try to live a lifestyle that they don't actually have intention on living um, because they haven't actually just taken the time to be intentional about what they want. And the great thing of being an entrepreneur in general is having agency. And I don't mean a marketing agency. I mean, agency as in choice and the value of choice is often forgotten like it's the it's the best thing about being an american right like the the value of living your life having the ability to choose to do what you want to do as long as it's within the confines that are illegal and such you know but (laughs) at the end of the day like defining your your win your life is so important and avoiding the mindset that anyone could tell you it's wrong because people love to tell you that they're like oh you only want to make ten thousand dollars a month that's wrong like says who what (laughs) Why? What's the case on that, right? Some people just want to be successful or they want to be happy or they want to have a lifestyle business, but then they don't define it and they wonder why they never feel that they've achieved it. It's like running a race without a finish line. You cannot win a race. You don't know what the stamina is. You never know when it's over. Having the finish line is so important. And I think there's a a very important mantra related to hustle culture that people are afraid that if they get to a finish line and they hit a peak and they're afraid of contentment, they're afraid that being content will make you less than. And and I feel like that's just a a weak-minded version of someone being afraid to realize like it's okay to have space to to live your life with Mm -hmm. just enjoyment. And you can always find that next race to run, but it doesn't just have to be a never-ending marathon. That's not the idea that I want. And that's really what I did for 10 years straight until, you know, life hit me in the face, which is like, hey, you have to have heart surgery, so maybe you should slow down. Yeah. You know, what, one way that, from a psychological approach, one way people can, can not necessarily slow down, but really enjoy the moment is to literally use your five senses. So right now, I'm sitting in Fort Lauderdale, um, beautiful day outside. It's, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here, I have my AC on, all this is happening. So I can feel this, I can hear this, I can smell this, whatever. And so one way to really sit with that is instead of getting so much in the, in the hustle culture, is just really look at your look at your environment. Sit with your environment. Use all your five senses as much as possible. And for those downtimes that you have, really enjoy that so much more. Because in doing that, that's how you reset. Because <laughs> you're not constantly in your meetings, not constantly in your phone, you're not constantly checking the other things. So that's just a quick little life hack. Is just simply try and engage all your five senses in the moment as much of the time as you can do it. Sometimes we forget all about the five senses. We know our sight and hearing, but we forget. You know, I want a piece of chocolate. <laughs> it tastes really good. Yeah, you know, all that just allows me to sit present in the moment, and that's one way to just really un disconnect from all the hustle, the hustle mentality. Absolutely agree. I think um, not enough people are willing to slow down. Um, you know, I coach sales a lot, James. That's one of the main things that I that I coach on a consistent basis. And one of the objections that salespeople get a lot is like, I need to think about it because they're not prepared at that moment to make a decision. But the way that I frame back to handling that objection is allowing that person to think about it then. It's like, hey, if mm-hmm. we scheduled 45 minutes to talk today and we're 30 minutes in, when was the last time you had 15 minutes to do nothing to like actually yeah. think, right? Perfect. And when you, when you portray that to someone, the reality is they, they probably don't have any time, right? They're stacking their calendars, thinking they're being efficient, mm-hmm. but just being a machine at all times is, is actually yeah. not efficient. You burn out quickly. That's what a car's engine, what happens to a car's mm-hmm. engine. Like we need rest and relaxation and sleep is not enough. And even like we're talking about the hustle culture wants to eat into your sleep. You're not waking up at three o'clock. You're lazy. You're not at the 4am club at the gym. You're lazy. 
this is they, they want they want to you know intrude upon every element and, and my goal ultimately with what i coach is just try to stay away from that try to build your life so you can have time to really you actually marinate on things, think through yeah. things, get yeah. clarity on what you want and, and how it works instead of just living life on a roller coaster. It's not a roller coaster. It's okay to sit for a few <laughs> minutes and just relax. Uh, and if you really have a hard time with it, meditation is such a great practice. Um, journaling yeah. is such a great practice. I struggle a bit, James, with meditation due to being ADHD. And I've just had a hard mm-hmm. time with it for a long time. And sometimes I get into a good zone, but other times I just really struggle with it journaling has helped me so much. It's just been immensely powerful to just write out my thoughts onto a notepad or written down or or typing it out. And it just really allows me to have space for clarity. And once you have clarity, that's where you can be in your pocket. That's where you can be your zone of genius and get the most out of life. Yeah. Let me piggyback off that as well. So when it comes to to meditation, most people think, well, I don't have time to meditate. But anytime you think about something longer than you should, automatically you're meditating. And so one way to do that is, uh, especially for people who have ADHD, is we have what's called a a mindful meditation or movie meditation. Sometimes just going out for a walk. And once again, I'm always, it's one of the big things I teach is your five senses. So when you're walking outside, when when you're using your five senses, this is really cool as well, not to get too too deep into the psychology of this, but when you're using your five senses and you're walking, so our feet are moving. I mean, not like this, but they're moving. <laughs> and so when you move, you're using both sides of your brain. And so this is actually what's called, it's almost like a, um, it's almost like when you have lucid dreaming. So when you're dreaming at night and you're aware of the dream, you can control the dream. So when you're walking in this, this type of way, you're actually increasing your theta brain waves. Try not to get too tactical here. But if you think about a problem you have and the, the pace in which you walk while you're using for your five senses and allow your mind to drift so you start to think about something and it moves you all the way through to actually the base of what you're actually thinking. So sometimes you can be thinking about something here and next thing you're like, why am I thinking about when I was a five-year-old kid and I was playing with my dog? What happens is like your, your psychology or the, your mind actually moves you all the way to the trail, to the foundation of what that is, which then gives you the insight of what you need to be able to process whatever you're dealing with. Because sometimes if we have an overreaction about something and we're like, why am I, what is this about? But doing something as simple as that, a moving mind, moving meditation, with your feet allows you to move in both sides of your brain. It allows you to actually process some of those things. So that's one thing I always teach as well as here. The, the people who struggle with sitting still, <laughs> a walking component, when you allow your mind to drift, when you think about a problem, will actually give you the insight you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. What I found uh, being really valuable uh, for me is, is a sauna or a float tank. Hmm. Both of those have sure. been really valuable. I'm always looking yeah. for methods of self-care. Uh, for some reason, human beings like uh, punish themselves worse than any way you would punish a friend or a family member. Um, self-care is very, very important. And finding yeah. what's good for you and how to pamper yourself is absolutely key. I found saunas for me to be by far the most effective, like the detoxification mm. of sweating it out and then like having absolute clarity and mental clarity after the fact is incredible. I just... I kind of get freaked out being in a sauna a lot. So I try not to go very often. I'm like, is my heart valve going to melt? I have a mechanical heart valve. Inside, so I'm like, maybe I'm not going to do this a lot. The doctor's like, no, you'll be fine. I'm like, hmm, but do you know? Like, so I so kind of start to usually do that. So I've been trying float tanks. Um, and it's interesting. It's kind of weird. I don't know if anyone's, if you've done statutory deprivation, but it's an interesting uh, thing. Um, it, it, it's, is it's, interesting. It, it's a unique experience. So some, some things the listeners might want to try. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. I was just thinking about when you were talking about journaling. Another quick little life hack is you actually journal with your opposite hand, whether you can read it or not. You're actually accessing the other side of your brain. So, for lack of better purposes, the left side is the create or the um, 
intellectual side, the right side is the creative side. So if you actually switch and switch and write from the opposite hand, whether you can read it or not, you actually think about the situation slightly different and you actually elicit a different response. So that's another way to kind of get through something that people are like, I don't know how to do this. So anyway, going back to the power of intention, um, with the power of intention, how do you use this every single day? How do you really make sure that as you incorporate, incorporate this concept into your day? Your day. Yeah, I think if I was to sit here and say that I use it every single day, I think I would be lying to you. I don't think I use it every single day um, because I'm ultimately imperfect. I, I think the times that I use it are very particular. For me, the most important power of intention is for anything that's extraordinary. And I know that's not how you say the word. Okay. It's it's extraordinary. But I like to separate the okay. two words of what they are because mm-hmm. ex- extraordinary, I think, has a connotation that it has to be something like very, very different than the status quo, where for me, extraordinary is just anything at all slightly off the scale, right? So like, if your standard day is, you know, spending time with your kids and working and, you know, having calls, etc. And then one day you go to Disney, that's probably an extraordinary day, right? But you might identify that if you only go to a movie once a month, that itself could be an extraordinary day. I would say most people would probably consider Disney to be extraordinary. And some people would say going to a movie is just going to a movie. But that's why for me, the power of intention is really important based off of anything that's out of the ordinary or extraordinary for me is, is really where I'm getting clear intention on. So like events, um, doing a special podcast, having a unique interview, uh, going to like a specific type of date, uh, having some sort of celebration. Those are the times that I'm very intentional. In terms of how I'd want to use it by the day would be daily journaling. I used to do that. I don't do it as much anymore, um, mostly because, like I said, I'm just imperfect. It's not like I have a perfect OS. I, I kind of get sick and tired of listening to people on podcasts explaining that everything they do, they do with 100% consistency. I find that to be completely outlandish or dishonest yeah. or I'm missing something yeah. altogether. So <laughs> no, I'm the same to, way. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want it to seem like I'm doing it perfectly every day. Yeah. The things that I do really well is when I know that something will be out of the ordinary. So for example, I'm speaking at an event at the end of this month. Like I have very clear intentions of what I want to get out of that event through journaling experience so that I can make sure I get that after the fact. People often yeah. have experiences and then they find themselves disappointed with that said experience because they didn't journal on it. And they might seem, seem or think that it's counterintuitive to journal or experience intention about it prior because they're worried that they've set their bar too high. But actually the benefit is if you set the bar too high and then you don't hit what your bar was, but then you're still satisfied anyways, you'll actually realize and learn for yourself that you don't have to set the bar higher than it is. And this is something I do a lot with mentorship and coaching in, in my company prospecting on demand, we'll have people come to us and we'll ask them their revenue and profit goals. And on average, you'll get someone say like 30,000, 50,000, $100,000 or so a month or week or whatever it might be. Right. Mm -hmm. And we'll then ask them why. And the why question is so constantly confusing to them. And we're, I'm trying to pre-frame for them. Well, it's the idea is if you don't know what you're doing it for, you're not going to put in the work for it. And so then they do a journal and they write down all the things that they want and they realize, oh, I, I only needed half of that money right? That's, there's so much value to that. So I'm a big believer in intention, but I'm also a big believer in understanding that you're not going to be intentional every single moment of every single day. And this is coming from someone that is big on anti-hustle, that does speeches at Harvard or Columbia or at the event that I'm going to at the end of the month for the power of intention, because I'm a human being. And sometimes I get lost in the tidal wave of being a human being. And other times I'm very intentional, but I always find that being really intentional uh, is much more beneficial. 
I appreciate your authenticity with that because you're right. Um, I'm the same way. I mean, it's, it's funny. Sometimes I, I'll go back and hear some of my shows. And I'm like, oh, James, that was really good. You should try that. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. I'm the one who's talking about it. I'm like, oh, crap. The, the, I'm the like, oh, cobbler right. has the worst shoes. It's the classic line, you know? Like the reason why I'm great at coaching it and teaching it is because I'm going through it. It's the battle I have every yeah, single day. Yeah. So uh, yeah. especially <laughs> after having heart surgery. So like, I'm totally with you. I'm in, I'm in the battle with you. I'm not, I'm not leading the charge. I'm not better than you. I exactly. Yeah. 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 We were a leader, but we're also, we also the, the student as well, which is really good. Absolutely. Actually, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. If my viewers and listeners want to find out more information about you, to work with you, to learn more about prospecting on demand and all the other things you do, where would they find all this information? Yeah. The easiest place to find me is prospectingondemand.com. It has all my social links and everything where you can find us. Find me, find me on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter or TikTok or on all the socials. You know the deal. Uh, but prospectingondemand.com will be the one source of truth for you where you can find all the links. I uh, would love to see or meet you in person at some point. Wonderful. My viewers and listeners also know that if they can't find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I'll link you with Alex Schlinski and all of his social media and all of his uh, content as well. Alex, thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on the show today. Thanks so much, man. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.